Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And in three, two, and one. This week, this, 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 this week, this week, this, 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 this week. This week in Geek. This week in Geek, we cover the writer's strike, Xbox, and the new anime season. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another week in This Week in Geek. And I guess I'm going to start this week by asking you, Kevin, do you know how much it costs to get the inside of your car deep cleaned? Deep cleaned? Yes. Like, I I don't know. I I haven't done everything. I don't know, but I I would expect it to be a tedious job. Oh, yeah. It's a... I didn't have to do it, thankfully. I paid people to do it because I'll get to the story in a bit, but but guess how much that's that costs? It was like a hundred bucks, one fifty. That's on the low so, end. I, I'm I'm thinking. It cost me a hundred ninety to get my car cleaned. Jeez. Right? Right? So the reason why I, I, I know this and why I'm I'm asking this is because so I went to the Magic Castle again, <clears throat> as I tend to uh-huh. do now. Um, and so I'm not, I'm not going to name he, the, the the person involved. I highly doubt listens to the podcast, but um, so when you go to the Magic Castle, you're supposed to dress really fancy, right? You're supposed to wear a suit and tie and everything. Mm-hmm. And I put this in the group chat and all except for two people had been there before and the two people who didn't who hadn't been there before didn't need to worry about that because they're women and they don't need to wear ties um so the day of i'm waiting for the person i'm I'm carpooling with and he's like hey do i need a tie and i'm like yes and a jacket and dress shoes and i had put this in the group chat the day before he's like okay i need to circle back so he goes back so we're a little bit later but still we have plenty of time to get there um and then he forgot his phone in his car and he started freaking out about that, which is like, you can't even really use your phone in the magic castle. Anyway, there's like not, there's like, you're there's not allowed to take pictures. Like you're so busy doing things that you rarely have time to like, look at your phone. And if you are like, you're not getting the full experience of the castle. Um, and so eventually that like, whatever, but like we're two minutes away from, from our destination. Right. I exit the freeway and then I think I hear a sneeze from the back, but then I feel wet. <laughs> Evan, we are two minutes away from our destination, mind you. And then I feel this this wet, and I'm like, oh, I'm thinking, oh, that was a, a very large sneeze. And then I take a look, and then it's just like there's like brown splotches everywhere. And then I look around, and then like my back window is smeared, and there's just <laughs> my buddy's covered in brown liquid and he, he apparently got like motion sick because it was kind of hot i guess and the, the bumpiness of the road or whatever 
but yeah, that's how I started Magic Castle Trip. <laughs> so I had to get my dry cleaning. And I think it's like my, my dry cleaning was brand new too. Like I had just gotten my suit dry cleaned and then I had to get it dry cleaned again and I had to get the, the car cleaned again. So at yeah. least now it's clean and at least he paid for it. There you go. So, and I don't know if, um, and it was a great time anyway. Like anytime you can go to the Magic Castle is amazing. Like I would highly... I mean, I wouldn't say drop everything to go, but if you're ever in like the position in Los Angeles where you can go, like do whatever is in your power to make that happen, short of like selling a child or something or like losing your job just to do it. Um, always a good time. And I don't know whether or not it's because I spent $180 in souvenirs, which because I was not keeping track of how much I was spending. Um, or if like because the staff knew that I had been thrown up on by my friend, but they get like, as I was paying, they gave me like a free invitation to come back. So maybe they're just trying to get me to spend even more money there because they're like, Ooh, this guy will buy souvenirs with reckless abandon. <laughs> it was, we'll take whatever we can get. Yeah. But how have you been, Kevin? I, I, I hope you've not been vomited on anytime soon. No, I haven't been vomited on in, in recent memory. Um, but yeah, uh, for the most part, just uh, recapping up on the manga to read list. I have a bunch of stuff that I need to look at, anyways. Um, and then I hung out with a bunch of my esports peeps from back when I used to play. Um, we we all just went out for sushi because one of them is uh, it he's how could we put this lightly? He's uh, his visa expired and he has to get out of the country so uh he just wants to celebrate and hang out with us as much as possible so we're like okay cool uh we'll we'll make it a we'll make it a thing we'll make it a we'll just make it an event have everybody come out and hang out and that's exactly what we did so yeah that's what we were up to well i'm glad it's like it sounds like it's been a good time with you and your your friends, at least for now. Hopefully, everything works out with them. Yeah. Curse this country's immigration policies. Yeah. Um, but so the uh, going into the news, so I think the biggest thing that has really come out in the past week is that the writer strike is looking like it's finally coming to an end. It has been nearly five months since the Writers Guild of America has gone on strike um, against the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, also known as the AMPTP. Um, They, of course, went um, on strike over issues like the residuals they were getting, the pay that they were getting, um, the studio's use of AI, um, or as I've started calling it, uh, plagiarism software, to write scripts and and the the looming threat that eventually one day that people will be replaced by robots and, and stuff like that. Um, so after after a very long time, I think there was a period of five days straight where they were in heavy negotiation. Um, looks like both parties are at a point where they're comfortable with where the agreements are going. Um, I think there's still some final touches that need to be made, like legal approvals and things. The um, the contracts need to be sent to, I think, all 11,000-ish 
members of the Writers Guild of America to sign and ratify. Um, we're not able to see exactly what the details are quite yet, but the Writers Guild says that they're proud and happy with what has uh, with what they've received so far and what they've been able to negotiate. Um, the, and and sorry, I'm losing my track, but um, they're proud with what they've negotiated so far. And even if this does come through, that doesn't necessarily mean that writers are going to be back to work just yet. According to a statement that I saw from the Writers Guild of America, that even if they get this agreement signed, even if like it's all ratified, everyone's happy, everything is set to go, um, the Writers Guild of America is not going to go back to work immediately. They are still going to refrain from doing any any work until the um, Screen Actors Guild or SAG-AFTRA also gets their own strike settled with the AMPTP. Um, SAG-AFTRA said, congratulations to the WGA. The WGA is standing alongside the, um, the SAG-AFTRA strikers. So Hollywood is still not out of this rut just yet, but considering that now the writers have finally been able to hammer something out after the studios had tried to starve them out and essentially just act like big, like mustache twirly cartoon villains this entire time. Hopefully a, um, a resolution is coming very soon for SAG after members as well. So people can get back to work and then can start eating because I know a lot of people are worried about like where their next paycheck is coming from, especially if they're, like involved in the uh, entertainment industry, but aren't necessarily writers or actors, and or even if they are, like people are, people need to get back to work. People want to get back to work. They want to create. They want to be able to like afford things still. So this is a good sign. Um, I hope everything goes okay because I don't know how much longer people can last striking. <laughs> True. Um, so I, I think we mentioned this topic before or not this topic, but this idea before, but the last time there was a big writer strike, Kevin, it gave us reality television. It's what spawned the Kardashians, uh, Jersey shore, um, things like, like, and then we're seeing, still seeing it today with the Kardashians being as big as they are, um, like the D'Amelio's or, or all like the bachelor, all these big, reality unscripted shows where you don't need writers for it that mm -hmm. is why we have these shows because they didn't need to pay writers to make content the studios just went ahead and made all these tv shows because okay we'll just wait you out we'll make content that we don't need writers for until we can get them to agree with whatever the terms were what do you do you think anything is going to come out of this strike like are we going to see in 10 years like i don't know like weird animated singing competitions with vocaloids or whatever i don't know <laughs> uh like, i don't like american idol with vocaloids or something like that is is that in our future <laughs> or just more game shows i guess i don't i do like i don't game know shows, though game shows are fun but that yeah that 
that's just another thing that could come out of it. I I don't know what they're what they're Wait, cooking. Kevin, speaking of game shows, I just had this thought. Uh huh. Considering you just came back from Japan, can you please explain like the weird culture behind Japanese game shows? Uh, that I yeah, that's still a mystery to me too. But <laughs> I feel like it's because half of their stuff, like all the stuff that they do, is like for the sake of entertainment first, and they're like. They're willing to do some crazy shit just to like get views, but it's funny when it happens. Like, it's all within the bounds of like, uh, like for fun and for a game show. But like, there there's nothing that's like too out of the ordinary that I would say. As long as it's not like destroying somebody's body completely, like you can make it a game show regardless. Yeah. Did you watch any while you were in Japan besides the uh, the wrestling stuff? Uh, I don't remember if I saw anything on TV. Um, I think for the most part we were just focusing on like DDT when we were out there watching it live. Um, but I wouldn't say that's like the only thing that I I was able to see. I I wanted to go and try to find a game show to go ahead and like stop in, but I didn't find any. That really like stood out to me. So, yeah, uh, this is this is where we're at. <laughs> Just Japanese game shows fascinate me. They're so weird. They're so they're fun so though. Weird. They're fun. They're weird in a very good way. Yeah, they're weird like, in, a, in a way that's chaotic. It's like chaotic good. Yeah, because I feel like if we were to bring back, I feel like Silent Library would do really well with Gen Z, just because like they always want to be distracted and entertained by something. And like, if you just throw them in a, if you throw them in a room and tell them like you can't laugh, like they're gonna, they're gonna laugh. They're gonna, they're gonna lose their shit. <laughs> All right. So moving on to more um writing stuff. So ChatGPT, which made, uh, which was made by um OpenAI, is in another lawsuit again. OpenAI is being sued by a bunch of writers like John Grisham. That words, John Grisham, Jody Picoult, and George R. R. Martin, and seventeen um, a group of seventeen authors, including them, are suing OpenAI for quote systematic theft on a mass scale. Um, this is not the first time that like AIs have been sued by creators for scouring and consolidating their work to train on. Um, which is why again a lot of people are viewing this as not intelligence but plagiarism software because it's taking these copyrighted works learning off of them and reproducing work that is very similar if not like almost identical to it and using copyrighted characters um this lawsuit was filed this uh last week on tuesday in new york um the main again point of this suit is flagrant and harmful infringement on plaintiffs registered copyrights um calling chat gpt a massive commercial enterprise that is reliant upon systematic theft on a massive scale. Um, the author's guild is, is I think, in full support of this. Um, one of the, the, the examples that I'm looking at in this um, Associated Press report is, um, to quote the article, the lawsuit cites specific chat GPT searches for, the, for each author, such as George R.R. R. Martin, that alleges the program generated, quote, an infringing unauthorized and detailed outline for a prequel to 
a Game of Thrones that was titled A Dawn of Direwolves and used the same characters from Martin's existing books in the series of Song of Ice and Fire. Um, the OpenAI spokespeople are saying that the company respects the rights of writers and authors and believes that they should benefit from AI technology. We're having productive conversations with many creators around the world, including the Authors Guild, and have been working cooperatively to understand and discuss their concerns about AI. We're optimistic, and we will continue to find mutually beneficial ways to work together to help utilize new technology in a rich content ecosystem. Um, that sounds like bullshit to me. Honestly, like, yeah. Very recently, there's been some, a huge spat on Amazon about um, AI-generated work being sold um, and even being sold under people's like existing authors' names, but they didn't write it. Um, mm -hmm. It's just these AI creator folks are using – I, I keep calling it AI just because it's easier, but plagiarism software. Um, they're using this software to create works under these authors' names and sell it um, – under their names, even though it's not the actual author, because those names will generate interest and clicks and content and sales. And because the author isn't the one who um, copyrighted it or put it up for sale, at one point they weren't able to take these works down by themselves, even though it's using their name. Although I think Amazon is now helping to crack down against that. Um, I'm a, a member of a few like writers groups on Facebook. And one of the most constant things I'm seeing is the battle between writers who are using this software and other writers who are just vehemently against it. I'm in obviously in the vehemently against it um, camp, but a lot of people are saying, oh, is it okay if I use it to like generate ideas or is it can, if I like write something and clean it up and, and edit it and fix it? Um I think most of the consensus of the people in the group is that if you're not taking the time to write and craft and like do the ed like, yes, you can use like spell check and things like that, or like maybe to some extent, even like grammatical fixes. Like if you're not very well familiar with some of like the weird laws of English, like grammatical help can help gr like Grammarly can help you or like just the grammar checker in Microsoft word or something. Um, but I think in general, the consensus is if you're not taking the time to actually struggle through and like craft your work on your own, you're not a writer. Like you, you that's not writing. That's relying upon software to steal and and write for you, and then just cleaning it up and putting your name on it. That's not the craft of writing. That you didn't create. Yeah. Um. I don't I wonder where this is really going to go because as I think I've said before, chat GPT, all this like AI generated stuff, like even Marvel's using it now. Like they used it for Secret Wars, which obviously was terrible of an idea. Like people were trashing that AI generated opening credit sequence from the beginning. But like I'm wondering if due to all this negative backlash due to all of these these lawsuits is there a way to stop or slow or regulate ai or is the genie out of the bottle and we're just slowly marching towards the inevitable of where ai does take over and it's just invaded every industry all people's lives where we just can't escape it because like once you let that that genie out you can't put it back
yeah i feel like this is a very interesting like road to walk and like an idea mm -hmm. because like it feels like a lot of the ideas should be coming from people who are passionate about it and yeah. people who come up with the concepts themselves you know um but i do understand like especially with like stuff like writer's block where you just feel like you can't figure out anything like this being a cheap way out might seem appealing to some people but i don't think in the long run it's gonna benefit anyone if you're mm -hmm. just gonna like essentially spit something that, out that's like already formulated like formulaic and made for you rather than taking the time to like put it together yourself and figure out how it how it's gonna operate right and like even at this current stage like when people are submitting their writing that has been like generated by this software into like the group to like post a little snippet of what their book is it's very you can tell that it, it doesn't it doesn't have any of the artistry like it feels very flat it's like very bland boring matter of fact there's no like quirks to it like with some writers you can tell it's them because they have a signature style of writing that it's just it's very tell not show yeah um do you think there's any place like i mean for some people they they think that yes you can use ai to maybe start generating some ideas but you need to write them like you can if you need like a character name or something you can do that or if you need like a basic plot line and then you build from there some people think that that's okay where do you stand like where do you think is acceptable use of ai if if there is any acceptable use at all i feel like if you're i feel like for the most part you should be able to find what you're looking for on your own you shouldn't have to mm -hmm. rely on someone else to help you find what you're specifically looking to write about because I know that for some people, it may just seem like, oh, well, I just need to generate an idea. This is going to be fun, whatever. But like you need, I feel like it comes through the project if you don't take your time with something like this, um, especially writing. Like they can tell yeah. if it's a writer that has put in the time to like make it good and follow through with what they wanted to do uh, versus somebody who just kind of spat out an idea and just prayed that it worked. Um <laughs> And uh, that that's like a harsh way of putting it, but uh, it is the way how at least I see how it should be working. Um, and yeah, it, it's just like if you if you don't come up with the concept yourself, like I just feel like it's a lot. It, it's taking away a lot from what it could have been, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't I I don't think that this is like the last of these lawsuits that we'll see. I think we'll see a lot more um as more people I guess try to to get these suits filed and as if as they see success, I think we'll see a lot more authors and and actors and writers going after these companies. And I'm in support of all of it because this stuff is scary. It's going to take it's literally like gonna make some people's jobs obsolete like mine potentially um moving on to some microsoft stuff uh 
and again with with the lawsuits and things in the courts. So that's how that's where the segue is there. It's it's got to do with the legal matters. Um, but the Federal Trade Commission in the United States is still trying to block Microsoft's acquisition of um, Bethesda. I think this is where this comes from. Um, but while this all this has been going on, there is a, a big leak of Microsoft internal data. I, from what I'm reading, it's the biggest leak of Microsoft data in the company's history. Um, but people have been able to to find this when it was uploaded online. Um, and we found out a bunch of different details. Um, some of the biggest ones that have been revealed so far, because I don't want to go through all of the court documents and, and look for myself, but apparently there is going to be a, an improved version of the mid cycle, a mid cycle update is what I guess it's called of the current gen console. So there's going to be improved versions of the Xbox Series X and S, even though we don't really have anything like that from Nintendo. I mean, we need it. We need an updated Switch. We really yeah, do. We do. Um, uh, something that could at least run sixty frames, please. Something that doesn't look like trash when you play Mortal Kombat on it. Yeah, <laughs> that would be nice. Um, so there's going to be a, a Series X console refresh. Um, it's going to be. It's so weird because it's not a box. It's a cylinder. Yeah, <laughs> the X cylinder, and it's not going to have a disk drive. It's going to have two terabytes of storage and a USB C port. Um, apparently they're improving the Wi Fi capacity, and they're moving a little bit further from this. There's a new controller, but we'll get to that next. Um, the Series X is going to be four hundred ninety nine dollars, and the Series S is going to be two hundred ninety nine dollars. Which again, that's it's the lower model. Although at this point, I'm not sure what the difference is in between them because um, the big difference between the X and the S was that the Series X had a um, a disk drive. Hmm. Now that you've taken it out, what is the difference between the X and the S? I, I'm not sure about this yet. It's not very clear. But there's going to be a 60-day release gap between the um, the X and the S when they release because according to the documents, they want to uh, give each console its own moment earlier in the holiday to maximize sales. So um, they're doing marketing things. But moving to the new controller, there's going to be a new Xbox controller, which they're trying to kind of make a ubiquitous thing that you can you can take and apply to a bunch of different types of hardware that Microsoft has. Um, well, a big thing that they're emphasizing that this controller is two-toned, having two different colors. Um, it's going to be able to connect directly to the cloud, hence the uh, ubiquity and, and ability to interchange between um, different consoles, different um, hardware. Um, it's going to be rechargeable and have a swappable battery pack, which is, so very long overdue for Microsoft. I can't believe that like in the year of our Lord 2023, Microsoft is still using disposable batteries. Like I, I bought a rechargeable battery pack for my controller, but the fact that I had to do that instead of the controller being rechargeable already is mind boggling to me. Um, it's going to have precision haptic feedback, quiet buttons, thumbsticks and lift to weight capabilities. Um, according to the documents, also the next gen 
for Microsoft looks to be starting in 2028. So we have about five years, according to those documents and Microsoft's projections, um, before we have to start trying to scramble to buy another set of consoles again, which I'm not ready to to do that because it was so hard to get my PlayStation and Xbox already. Um, Microsoft apparently also wants to try to acquire Nintendo and Valve. Um, Microsoft has had its eye on Nintendo for a very long time and has apparently been laughed at by Nintendo previously for trying to acquire them, but I guess good for them for being persistent and trying. Whatever. Um, Nintendo, they've, they've called Nintendo um, the prime asset for Xbox to acquire. Um, so Nintendo and Valve are their, their two biggest priorities right now. They've already been trying to acquire Bethesda, which is why all this leaked anyway. Um, but instead of like developing their own products or hardware or developing their own games, they're just buying up people to do it for them, which I think just doesn't look like a good idea. It just doesn't look good for Microsoft. It looks like they don't want to do the work, but want to just consolidate as much as they can. Um, and the last thing that's really big is that the Elder Scrolls 6, so sequel to Skyrim, won't be released until 2026 at the earliest. And currently, it doesn't have any plans to be released on PlayStation. So, again, Bethesda is looking to be very exclusive to Microsoft now, even though they promised that it wouldn't be. So, Sony saying that we can't trust what Microsoft is saying turned out to be true. Hmm. Yeah, it just seems like a lot of stuff that people want to acquire, but just don't have the money to do so. Yeah. Uh. So, just, just don't. <laughs> now, Kevin, you are a big Nintendo man, yes? Uh, yeah, I, I get quite a few of the consoles when they come out, yeah. What are your thoughts on Bethesda potentially, not Bethesda, Microsoft at some point acquiring Nintendo? If it ever happens, I is that a good thing? A bad I, thing? Yeah, I don't know. Master Chief and Smash? Question mark? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's it's not gonna happen. I just feel like Nintendo has like they have a ton of properties already, and they're they're doing fine on their own. There's no need to like squabble in that console war. You know, you could just kind of chill in the back and and let it happen. So I don't think that there's gonna be any like crazy things happening to Nintendo anytime soon. I feel like they're in a very good spot and they just they just need to hold their ground and just not let let people push them around, you know? Mm-hmm. Like we we know I think at this point Xbox would be the one benefiting from having Nintendo not the other way around. Is there any yeah. benefit for Nintendo if they're acquired? Like yeah, the Switch is underpowered, but it's still like the most popular console of is it more popular than the PS2? Did it surpass PS2 sales? I think it did. Right? I uh, probably. You would think that the pandemic would have helped during that time yeah. too. But so uh, assuming that, like, they have the most popular console of all time. They have some of the most popular characters in video games. Um, what does what possibly could Microsoft offer them? I don't see anything. Nope. <laughs> I'm, I'm just. Eh. <laughs> There's, there's nothing there like the yeah. hardware. Nintendo doesn't need overpower like stronger hardware right now. Well, they like they could put it out. 
because they, they could use it, but they they don't prioritize it, which is fine by us because like we're just enjoying the games that they're putting out. Like there's there's yeah. no real rush for crazy stuff to come out like that. So yeah, for the most part, we're just we're just chilling. We're just waiting for whatever Nintendo wants to put out when they're ready. We're, we'll just we'll be there. Kevin, you remember how we did the uh, top 100 video games list of all time from uh, IGN, right? Yeah. So they came out with a list of the top 100 TV shows of all time based on like an aggregate number of people submitting voting. Um, so the criteria for this are and this is a, a they've done this list before, but here's a 2023 revamp, I guess. Um, the show must have finished its run or been on the air for at least 10 years and had a significant impact on television as a whole. Um Volunteers are asked to consider how influential was the show? How well has it aged? Does it have an ongoing cultural influence? Um, and also consider what is best and what is favorite. Like there, there's a, you have to distinguish between the two there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a full list of a hundred different TV shows, but just to save time, um, they also published just a quick list of their of of this um top 100 the top 25 but just to like cut that down i'll read the top 25 list but to cut that down even further um kevin what do you think out of all the tv shows that have had have existed um that were are either finished or have been at least on the air for 10 years what do you think are some of the top 10 that have made it to this list based oh. on once again, based upon the criteria of um, how influential was the show, how well has it aged, does it have ongoing cultural significance? All right. Uh, my brain with the cultural significance instantly goes to memes. <laughs> That's just how my brain works. So I'm assuming Breaking Bad is somewhere on that list. Um, I would assume The Simpsons is probably also on that list at some point. Um because they, they've also been around for mm-hmm. quite a while. I don't know if Family Guy makes the list. That's another one that I'm like... Oh, yeah, there's plenty iffy, of Family Guy memes. But, like, there's a ton of Family Guy memes. And that has stupid cultural significance. Um, hmm. I feel like that that's at least the angle that I would go with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, let's just see, like... What would, what would the nerds want? Uh... Friends, the office, uh, probably the office will make it. Um, I don't know how I met your mother. I don't think that's like that. It's crazy. This, this just says TV shows, period, right? Yeah, just TV shows. If it's been okay, wait, as opposed to like a movie. Okay, so it's also includes like animated shows. I don't, oh man. I mean, I feel Simpsons like Teen Titans would show. Yeah, I feel like Teen Titans should be up there. That's a personal one, but I think that that one's not as popular. Same thing with like Avatar: The Last Airbender. I feel like that's another one that like it it has a lot of people who follow it, but I don't know if it's culturally significant to like take a spot. You know? Okay, so you you would not consider that in your top ten. I would. I would consider it okay. in the top 10, but I wouldn't, like, I don't know if the public would. 
Okay, but, so you would consider, but you don't think that the general voting public considers it top ten worthy. Yeah, I think okay. I think a lot of people would still be like, "Oh, a cartoon, ooh, like it's not, it's not there." Okay, I was not keeping track of the numbers, but you've said a lot of titles, so um, top twenty five. I'm gonna go from twenty five all the way to one. Some okay. of these are very recent shows. Some of these are shows that have been existent for decades. So number one or number 25 is Succession. 24 is Freaks and Geeks. Okay. 23 is the US version of The Office because the British version, of course, was the original. And there's other spinoffs, like whenever I'm doing Hulu work, the uh the Hindi version of The Office is on Hulu. 22 is Arrested Development. 21 is Avatar The Last Airbender. No, we got it. It's there. It's not top 20. It's not top 10 worthy, but it's 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 in the top 25, which is still pretty good. Number 20 is Batman the Animated Series. Okay. 19 is I Love Lucy. All right, classic. 18 is Star Trek the Original Series. Okay. 17 is Cheers. Mm-hmm. 16 is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 15, okay. <laughs> Seinfeld. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't understand this one, but 14 is Watchmen. Watchmen, okay. Such a... I don't... I haven't seen it yet. It's still on my list, and so I can't really judge. But, like, damn, you beat out, like, some heavy hitters here, Watchmen. 13 is Star Trek Next Generation. 12 is Fleabag. Again, that's another very recent show that I'm... I'm not sure I agree with with the criteria here. 11 is lost. Now, here's the top 10. Okay. Number 10, Parks and Recreation, which I'm surprised beat out The Office, but I totally agree. Well, no, okay. I think The Office is more influential. I think Parks and Rec uh-huh. is the better show. So I, I think for the purposes of this, they should have been switched, but I fully agree that Parks and Rec is better. Number nine is Game of Thrones. Okay. Number eight is The Twilight Zone. Okay, yeah, that's a classic. Number seven is Mad Men. Okay. I don't agree with this positioning. I think <laughs> Mad Men is an influential show. It gave us uh, John Hamm, but I still think it's, I think Twilight Zone, at the very least, Game of Thrones and Twilight Zone are more influential, I think, than Mad Men. Yeah. I've never seen someone walking around with a Don Draper shirt, but I've seen plenty of different Game of Thrones clothing everywhere. Yeah. Number six is The Sopranos. Okay. Number five is Twin Peaks. Number four okay. is The X Files. All right. Number three is Breaking Bad. Okay. Number two is The Simpsons. All right. And now, number one, Kevin, guess what the most influential show? of all time according to the IGN voters whoever they are is <laughs> whoever these people are IGN voters the the number one I, I mean I felt like you hit everything uh what does my dad watch <laughs> I think that there there is one show that gets referenced a lot but like it's it's referenced so rarely like just enough to keep it in like public consciousness that it counts but it's it's not like 
one of those shows that everyone mentions like you have to watch very often it's like yeah. one out of 10 people will say oh my god you have to watch the show as opposed to like everyone says you have to watch breaking bad okay do netflix originals count in this like they do you would you would think that okay it could be something like squid game cuz cuz watchmen is uh, oh yeah it's a that's an hbo original squid game doesn't count because the show's not done yet oh true yeah since they announced the season two okay knowing my what what my dad would probably say he's either gonna mention i think it's either firefly or the wire oh i never even considered firefly i feel like one of those two could be it or i mean well i don't i don't know if well, no, CSI is still going because that's just like CSI. But, see, but you can still like if it's still going as long as it's been on for at least ten years, which CSI has, it it qualifies. Yeah. Okay. So hmm. between between Firefly and The Wire, what do you think? <laughs> I I would think The Wire. I think The Wire could take it. Final answer. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's The Wire. Okay, you got it. <laughs> I would not we have found guessed it. The Wire. Again, it's one of those shows that I've heard so many times that it's groundbreaking. It's very influential. It is very influential. People will like again to this day will say it's a show that like is art and it, it's good social commentary and it's entertaining. So yeah, congratulations to that. If you want to see the full list, I've been scrolling through a little bit of it. Um, surprised to see what shows have made the list. It's on IGN. Um, it's 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 also just like looking at it. It's an interesting space to see, like or not space, but like interesting to see, like the history of television and what people like consider uh, influential and why. Mm-hmm. Um. Kevin, for your context, 68 was Adventure Time, 67 was Firefly. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Those are still pretty far down, but... Yeah, but I mean, uh, top 100 I mean, out of top every we'll give show that's ever been made. Friends, you mentioned, is 56. Okay. 55 is Rick and Morty. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm, I'm... Again, this is volunteer voted and, like, just composite with these numbers. But, I mean... I'm not a fan of Friends. I haven't really watched it, but I think Friends is more influential than Rick and Morty. Maybe yeah. like it, maybe the reason it got dinged is because of the uh, the how well did it age? I've heard Friends yeah. does not age very well. Yeah, it's just like a bunch of of white people having just their own problems and not acknowledging. There's like no people of color in the show. Yeah, <laughs> that it's it's not funny with without the laugh track. Stuff like that. I mean, I have friends who are like very committed to the uh-huh. to the friend. I have friends who are very committed to friends. <laughs> yeah, funny. Um, but yeah. Um, let me see if I can. Is this show on here at all? If I, no, the show's not on here. Um, but speaking of TV shows and and shows and things is my last thing. Um, Kevin, have you heard that apparently there's going to be a musical of a, a certain anime coming to New York Comic Con. I do not know which which that would be if if I even had a pulse on it. 
actually no it's not being performed there i'm lying i I read this article wrong but it exists but we can skip this um but it's it's death note there's a live action death note musical okay is that everyone in it i mean i think it would be fantastic if he was in it but it's it's just like a panel that they were gonna do it um New York Comic Con, the clickbait got me, but, but I guess yeah, that counts as the the end of my stuff. Not the, the last topic was a dud and clickbait, to, a headline, but yeah, that's it for me. Kevin, give give us the the anime updates and things and such. Okay, yeah, there there's quite a bit that we have to go over since it, we are approaching uh what I call the end of the season. Um, this has a lot of lot of stuff that we have to go over. You said there's um, a lot coming out in October, right? There's a lot of stuff coming out in October, and it's not just the manga side either. Um, yeah, the anime fans are also we we also got to figure out like what exactly we're we're going to be doing here. How to um, prioritize? Yeah, how to prioritize is going to be really important uh, coming up. So um, let's just let's just go over some of the basic ones that we can we can touch right now, and then uh, we'll go over that. Um, first things first. Um, one of the biggest manga retailers is actually going to merge with Crunchyroll. Um, so uh, we have to talk about the Right Stuff merger. Um, right Stuff Anime is a site that was used by a lot of anime collectors like myself um, that we would be able to go on on the site, find books that we would consider um, that are that we're looking for and we would be able to find them not at like a little bit lower than retail price. Um, a lot of the times usually like 25% off of sticker price, which is really good um, for a lot of us, but they were initially bought out last year. There was no idea of like what they were going to do. And we still don't know too much about what's going on. So um, all we know is on October 10th, that will be the last day that Right Stuff Anime as a shop will exist. Um, all their stuff will be moving over to Crunchyroll's website. Um, and we don't know, once again, we don't know if this is good or bad. We've followed a couple people. There's a uh, there's a Twitter account called uh, Manga Alerts, and he does a really good job of covering a lot of what we can, ex- like, what they hear. Um, they are a part of the industry, so they get a lot of like heads up of like certain things that they're looking at. Um, but a lot of people are saying that it's just moving the company Right Stuff Anime to Crunchyroll site, and then it's gonna just operate the same way, just under a different name. Um, that's hopefully what's gonna happen, where you still have the same discounts. Um, the packaging is still gonna be the same, where. They take a really they take really good precautions when it comes to like shipping your manga and shipping your goods. Um, I've had like boxes inside of boxes that like cushion it from the outside. Um, and then it's like wrapped in wrapped in paper. So I'm like, this is all like proper and well done. Um and yeah, and it arrives earlier than expected, which is also really nice, especially if you get in books early. Uh they're willing to like ship it out the second that they get it. Um so yeah that's another thing to keep in mind um but right now if you guys want to use a like little discount because right stuff anime is going out of business um you could get 15 percent off of your final purchase by using uh 
the coupon code thank you in all capitals uh and no space um in order to get 15% off of your final purchase so um a lot of us collectors are like should we stock up now and then buy like a box set with this 15% off um that could definitely help you guys out if you're looking to collect something um but yeah it was one of the go-to places to pick up manga and now it's going to be shifting over to crunchyroll um it is a lot of stuff that lots of questions that us as manga collectors have um but hopefully we can we can get it and uh we can hopefully crunchyroll honors the same stuff that right stuff did and we don't have to go and find another retailer to go shop at but how do you think how do you feel about this i know you said like you can't it's too early to tell but like gut image gut feeling gut i image, feel like gut feeling not when yeah. i say image gut feeling. <laughs> so, yeah uh Gut feeling wise, I feel like this is like whenever Crunchyroll tends to acquire something, it just kind of disappears, which is kind of sad. Um, I hope that they don't do the same thing for right stuff. So I'm a little bit hesitant, but right stuff was like a really good place for a lot of collectors to go. And just like for me, I would go there just to check out what's on pre-order so I can do these lists of like what's coming out um, ahead of time and like give you guys heads up of like what are we looking forward to this week right um because other than that other than one-stop shops that tell you like this is when this book comes out um other places um for the way how i have to do it now is i have to go to every single manga distributor's website and then look at the release dates individually and be like okay so from this company or from Viz Media, for example. So Viz Media, when are they releasing certain books? Take take note, figure it out. Um, and then I have to say like, okay, Viz Media is done. Let's go to Yen Press. Okay, now let's go to Kodansha. Now let's go to Seven Seas. So like I have to hop around all the time just to get my information that I want to get um, versus just going to one specific site and then just having the entire list just out for me. Um, right Stuff just made it easier. Plus they made it like affordable, which I greatly appreciated um definitely bought a lot of manga from them uh and might have to do one more final pull before they go away so yeah we we will see um but gut feeling overall is like it's iffy i feel like right stuff did a lot of good stuff for the manga community and hopefully crunchyroll just doesn't bury it and makes it like mm -hmm. disappear completely Um, but yeah, speaking of things ending, let's uh, talk about the end of the summer 2023 anime season and let's move into the fall 2023 anime season. This is uh, the end of September into October is the final switch of the 2023 season, um, which means that like we're getting the final uh, final three three months of anime is just going to be here. Um, so there's a lot of things that I want to keep in mind and a lot of things that I am keeping tabs on for sure. Um, the first one is a series that I'm definitely looking forward to. Um, it is Free Aaron, um, Journey's End, uh, or the journey after Journey's End. Um, it is a story about, well, I don't, I don't want to spoil too much, but you follow around a, um, an elf mage and learning about, what it's like to live in a world when you don't age as quickly as other people. Um, that is 
a very interesting topic and something that like especially in D campaigns like a lot of people don't take into consideration oh what has this character gone through already um mm-hmm. this one takes place like when everything is done so like the the big quest uh to save the world is already finished so this is like what happens after that like what do you expect to see from a character and um, how do they change over the course of not necessarily their adventure, but rather um, the time afterwards? Um, and the thing to keep in mind, this is going to air on September 29th. Um, so coming up uh, literally this Friday, the premiere for this, I'm letting you guys know, don't get caught in. Make sure you're well rested, get some water, get some popcorn. Um the free Aaron, the free Aaron first episode is supposed to be two hours long. It is supposed to be like an entire film. That's so, a long time. Yeah, it's going to be one really, really long uh, film. As from what we've heard, um, it is supposed to be that long. Um, we have had other ones where um, their opening like episode has been 45 minutes, which is another one that's like relatively long. But we've also seen... Um, one that is like an hour and a half. So I don't know if this is just trying to one up the other ones um, or if this is because they want to do something to really set in the tone. And um, it is something that like when I was reading it at first, I was like, I wish the first part of this book was slower. And they're like, okay, well, if they're going to do an anime adaptation, they're going to take their time with it. And I'm excited to see how they tackle that. So um, definitely keep that one in mind um, for you. Yeah, and uh, Beyond Journey's End is a, is a good one to check out. Uh, airing September 29th. Okay, cool. Um, another thing to keep in mind, I know a lot of people are talking about JJK. Um, if you are on social media, you're going to get spoiled for Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, I recommend just don't look at anything Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, but if you guys are watching the anime, the anime is still continuing through the fall season. Um, it's only on episode 10 right now. Um, we are going to get 20 two or 24 by the end of the year so um keep all that in mind um as we are waiting for jujutsu kaisen to keep being released um the other one that my mom has been nagging me about uh because this is the only one that she's watched um spy family is returning um during the fall that is going to start up on october 7th um so go ahead and keep that one in mind uh especially if you have like people who are just getting started with anime uh, Spy Family is a great one to go ahead and get them started with. Um, as for me, uh, the the manga nerd inside of me, um, I will be keeping an eye out on two specific series that aren't necessarily going to be popular, but could be relatively good. Um, the first one is MF Ghost. Um, MF Ghost takes place years after Initial D, and it talks. It still has that same uh, drift vibe, um, but it is set in a slightly further future. So. Um, MF Ghost is one that I'm keeping in mind. The other one is Shangri-La Frontier. Um, I have been reading the manga since day one, and I really, I really enjoy um, Shangri-La Frontier as a as a series. Um, I have seven volumes on my shelf. Uh, there's a reason why I'm hyped for this. So um, I feel like Shangri-La Frontier is going to be one of those sleeper ones that a lot of people aren't going to be watching. But I do think that if they adapt it well, it it could definitely um it could definitely spark some interest in the books. Uh, 
Uh, yeah. Um, another thing that I, I mentioned last week, um, that if you want to get tickets ahead of time, I would highly suggest, but, um, blue giant is coming to theaters on the 8th and the 9th of October. Um, this is an event, uh, covering a manga about jazz. Um, you follow around a kid who wants to learn the tenor sax, um, and he wants to become one of the best jazz musicians in Japan and eventually the world. Um, it is a very inspirational series, but for me, I have two volumes of the manga. It's just hard to hear manga because, you know, they don't have headphone jacks um, and they don't come with a soundtrack usually. So um, it's tough to hear, you know, what, what it's supposed to sound like. Um, but that is another thing that you can keep in mind. Um, I'm definitely going to go ahead and check it out, make sure that it's on my radar um, and make time to go ahead and see that movie. Um, yeah, that is going to be it for the anime recap. Just letting you guys know, um, once again, uh, Free Aaron on the on the 29th, Spy Family on the 7th, JJK is still releasing, um, and then everything else uh, will be coming sometime in October. Um all right, let's move from the moving pictures to the still ones. Uh, manga releases this week. There's only a couple things that I do want to mention. Um, the first one is Homunculus uh, Omnibus uh, containing volumes three and four. Um, I read volume one like it hit my desk and I finished it in like two hours. And I was like, I need more of this. Um, you follow around a guy who is down on his luck, doesn't have any money. Um, but he lives in his car in like kind of this kind of next to this homeless camp. Um, he eventually gets, uh, he, he eventually runs into like this weird, I don't know how to describe him. He's kind of a doctor, but he's like this guy and he wants to do an experiment on trepanation, which is where you drill a hole into somebody's skull, um, to, essentially like let the brain expand and get more blood flow into the oh, brain lovely it's like the idea or the concept behind it um but essentially our character gets so desperate that he goes through with it he's getting paid to do it um so he he does it and then stuff happens so um that's homunculus um but i read books one and two the omnibus um i it plopped on my desk i read through it instantly um so three and four coming around the corner or literally out this week um is is good for me so i'm going to be reading that whenever i get it um and make sure that i can like keep up with it because it does seem very interesting um the other thing to keep in mind because we are approaching spooky season slowly um is the chainsaw man box set if you guys have not collected volumes one through eleven get the box set. I would recommend that. That is for for you guys. It probably comes with some extra stuff. I don't know. I don't have it. I have the loose volumes. I've collected it uh, since it came out. So that that's why I say give me a bit. Um, all right. Uh, but those are the only two things I want to mention for this week. Let's move on to next week. Um, this one, this week is a little bit more tame compared to other ones. I'm going to let you know right now. Um, the the big weeks are going to be the 10th and the 17th um i am literally making sure that whatever happens on the 17th i have either that day off or i at least have time to get to get to my bookstore the one bookstore that i like to go to to shop for my manga um 
and I'm going to buy like 12 volumes. Like there's, there's a lot. Um, but next week it's going to be a little bit more chill. Um, there are a lot of good titles though. So let's go ahead and hop into this. The first one is Hunter Hunter, uh, volume 37. That is finally coming out, um, for you Hunter Hunter fans who are still keeping up with it. Um, we were getting more, um, these other two are just kind of for myself. The The first one is Witch Hat Atelier um, Volume 11. Um, Kamame Shirahama is probably one of my favorite mangaka to look at just because she focuses on the characters and like how deep the uh, how deep the art can be. But she also focuses on paneling, which is one of the very few like mangaka that actually takes advantage of uh dressing up the border in order to really make it interact with the manga so um yeah witch hat atelier uh 11 i'm keeping that in mind um it was delayed it was supposed to come out last month on like the 15th um or this month on the 15th technically um but it got pushed back even further um and now it should be coming out next week um the last one is in time with the other one so uh, if we're getting the box set this week, uh, next week on October 3rd, we are getting Chainsaw Man Volume 12. Um, this is after Fujimoto has finally returned. Um, in between that time, by the way, if you guys haven't read Goodbye, Eddie, make sure to go ahead and grab that one. Um, that is a one shot. In other words, it's a self-contained story within like 200 pages. Um, that one's about like a vampire who wants to make a movie. Um very interesting style and very much of Tatsuki Fujimoto. Um, but Chainsaw Man Volume 12 is where um, he finally returns to Chainsaw Man and he's going to expand on the story. So, um, yeah, Chainsaw Man Volume 12 uh, came out or it's coming out on the third. So uh, make sure to go ahead and grab them if you guys are interested in getting it. Um, I would recommend if you guys have rights of anime stuff, go ahead and use it there if you guys want to go ahead and grab some books um otherwise if you guys are looking to get an advanced copy kind of ish um check your local barnes and nobles they they get it whenever they get their books in they just chuck it up on the shelf so um do it that way um as promised though uh make sure to save some money the 10th and the 17th are going to be the craziest days uh for manga and uh yeah it it's kind of insane <laughs> The real question, though, Kevin, is when is Trombone Champ coming? Oh, uh, I think it's out on the Switch already. Already? I, th- I think it came out the day that the uh, that the Direct came out. Oh, see, now I'm, I'm broke and I have to save money again. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I'll get it, but I, I need to get one. I need more. I need new Joy-Cons, I think. Um, I've been only using my Pro Controller for so long, and then I try to use like my regular joy cons and they like drift i'm like uh like i might have to get new ones um but yeah definitely before the holiday season or especially if black friday rolls around and they happen to be cheap make sure to go and pick those up um, oh it's out yeah it's uh, out and it's it's 15 dollars. oh there we go um as for like games that i've been playing um this week i've actually my my friend bought me a copy of a game called Friends versus Friends. Have you heard of this game before? I have not. Okay, so it, it's a game that's been out for a while, but it is an FPS card game. Um, you 
open into this battle um it could either be one one on one or two on two um and you build a deck before you enter into this battle um and what happens is during this game you can activate these cards whenever you want most of them get popped at the very beginning um but some of them sabotage your enemy some of them help you um like for example there's like a card that makes your head like your head small so you can't get headshot um they have like mm. helmets uh they have ones that like literally nuke the entire field and then respawns you in a different spot um there's like barricades and so on and so forth so it's just really interesting um as a concept for a for an fps um but yeah i've been playing that with a bunch of friends it's been fun um it, the only thing that it takes a little bit of time to getting used to is the uh is getting the cards and acquiring the cards because you'll see your friend like play something that's completely weird and you're like i want to i want to get that like and you just have to open some packs and get it um everything is free in the game there's no like dlc like you can't just buy your way to a better pack um you you have to play the game a lot get experience and then use that so that's how it is but the cool thing is custom lobbies give you money and experience so uh if you just have one friend you could just like invite them in play against them uh and then you'll just get money and experience through that throughout, throughout the game um would recommend it it's pretty fun um if you have a little bit of time and at least one friend to play with um it, it becomes a lot of fun so yeah uh that's what that's what i've been up to cool so as we wrap up kevin are what is your life advice for the week uh life advice of the week is uh make sure to get your stuff from right stuff while you can um with that website going down, it's going to be really tough for a lot of collectors to figure out where they want to go for manga. Um, I might make a... Well, we'll see how Crunchyroll handles it. Um, but ideally, we would have a really nice new place to go. Or if Crunchyroll is able to adapt the right stuff, anime stuff, uh, we would go there. But um, other than that, uh, make sure to check out uh, the Kana Manga TikTok, the stuff that I've been working on. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I'm going to be releasing in October that will either a help new, pl- uh, not new players, help new manga readers, like get used to reading manga and figuring out how it operates. Um, but also, uh, like good manga recs and things that like I personally like, um, that way you guys could enjoy the same series as me. Thank you everybody for tuning with us this week and we will catch you next week for, for more stuff. I am going to be trying to, uh, coordinate at this point with my friend maddie who is the uh one of the lead voice directors for starfield so that will happen sometime soon um now that i am done with two of the plays that i'm doing i only have one left i have more time to do things like that um so yeah we'll we'll let you know when that happens and in the meantime maybe play some starfield so you'll know what we're talking about um thanks for as I choke on more saliva. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and we will catch you next week. Adios. Next week, we bring you the latest news and stories from around the internet. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us and rate us five stars on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also follow us on all social media at twigpod.com 
that's T-W-I-G-P-O-D. And feel free to send us any questions, comments, or any suggestions of topics you'd like us to cover. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week in Geek. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.